Good morning. We're glad that you have joined us this morning. want to welcome our Northside family. I know we also have many others who are joining with us today. Uh, we know this is different. We know that this is not a, an ideal substitution for our gathering together for worship, but this is where we are. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to worship. Uh, let, me, let me let you know that I am encouraged. And God is doing some great things, and I believe he's going to do some great things this morning. We've heard so many stories this week of how the church is scattered and how God is using you. And so we're thankful for that. Keep doing that. And Lord willing, soon we'll be able to gather once again uh, together. So again, thank you for joining us. Let me just kind of walk you through what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to open with scripture in just a second. Uh, then we're going we're gonna to pray. We're going to worship together. We're going to sing two songs. Let me encourage you to sing. I know it may feel a little weird, uh, but just worship. Worship God in, in this moment. Uh, after that, we're going to play an Annie Armstrong Easter uh, offering video. Uh, just a reminder, right, it's all about the gospel, and we're called to live on mission. Uh, after that, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. We're going to work through that. Uh, while we're doing that, if there's any questions that you have about the text or about what's going on in the world around us, you can text those questions to the number that's going to appear on the screen. And after the sermon, after we have an opportunity to kind of respond to the message for a few minutes, BJ and I are going to dialogue based upon the text and, and try to answer your questions. We're trying to make this as informal and as intimate as possible. So let me begin with Scripture. The Lord took me back to this blessing in Numbers chapter 6. It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Let's pray. Father God, right now I just pray that your spirit, God, would just be evident in, in this place right here, in the living rooms, in the homes of those who have gathered with their families, have gathered by themselves to worship. Lord, our prayer is that you would bless them. God, that you would keep them. That you would make your face to shine upon them. That this morning, God, you would be gracious to us. Lord, lift up your countenance upon us and give us peace. You are worthy to be worshipped. And so your people, though scattered this morning, gather with one voice to sing praises to our awesome, holy God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Notice what it is that we have our faith uh, placed in, where we put our trust. And many of the things we put our trust in are, are failing away or falling away from us. But it's great to know that when we put our trust in Jesus, he doesn't fail. He's always there for us and will be till the end.
I thought a missionary was someone that went overseas or someone that went to a different country. GenSend is a six-week or eight-week program for ages 18 through 25 to go into a city uh, working alongside of a church plant and do ministry in the context of the city. GenSenders are in New York doing this, and Portland doing this, and Atlanta doing this, and committing to a city and living their lives there. Learning to live your life as a missionary, no matter where your life is. Just having the common goal of sharing sharing Jesus, I think that really builds bonds quickly, and it's literally like we're siblings. Because we are on mission together, Jesus makes us family. I'm from a very small town, and I didn't see the extent of homelessness. Being able to bless other people by buying them food or buying them something and being able to build a bond there. God used Jensen to show me what it looked like to relinquish control and to open my hands. When you're giving towards missions, you're giving to students who are gonna, at some point, be doctors, be lawyers, be engineers, and in their field, they're gonna have the mindset of a missionary. They only have to worry about who can I talk to next to tell them about Jesus. You're planting seeds in people's lives that will last for the rest of their life. It changes everything. When people give to missions, it invests in people like me. About the gospel. Let me encourage you, if you have not given yet to our Annie Armstrong Easter offering, you can do that. Um, if you're wondering in, in this time, how in the world do I give? Uh, I would recommend you go to NBCNoonan.org. Uh, on that page, there's another page you can click on uh, COVID 19 online help. It walks you through how you can give. Just make sure in that memo line you put uh, Annie Armstrong Easter offering. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 John, 1 John chapter 2. Let me remind you uh, that while I'm preaching, uh, first of all, pay attention. But if you have a question, you can text that question. Uh, maybe, Trip, if you can throw that up there one more time for them. Uh, you can text that question to this number that's going to appear on the screen, 770-728-8122. Uh, a question about the text or just about what's going on in the world around us and how we try to understand that. So I um, encourage you to do that. We are in 1 John chapter 2. We're going to be um, in verse 15 through 17. So let me uh, read this for us. The word of the Lord says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world... The desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Let's pray. Father, this is your word. And your word is true, whether it is declared in a room filled with people or whether it is preached in an empty room. It is still the word of God. And Father, you speak whether we are in a sanctuary or we are outside of a sanctuary. Your word speaks. And oh God, remind us this morning that we are the church. The church is not a building. The church is the body of Christ. 
And so church has not been canceled this morning. We've just, we've just postponed or suspended our worship gatherings together. But Lord, we're still the church. And you have a word for your church this morning. But God, you also have a word for those who are tuning in, who maybe do not attend a church, but who are searching, who are asking questions, who are trying to discern what is going on around them. All the things that they love and hold dear, Lord, have been taken away from them. They've been put on hold, and maybe they're searching. So Father God, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, that all that anyone sees or hears today is the Spirit of God. They don't see or hear me. Speak, we pray, O God. We humble ourselves before you. Our hearts are open. Our eyes are open. Our minds are willing to learn. So speak, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So the message this morning is entitled, Choose Your Love. Choose Your Love. One of my favorite quotes I heard years ago, it was in the context of marriage, and the quote was simply this, Choose Your Love and love your choice. Choose your love and love your choice. So on June 9, 2001, I chose my love. I chose Ryan Eve Morris, uh, her maiden name, Ryan Eve Morris. I chose her as my love. And every day since then, I have chosen to love that choice. Every day committing over and over and over again that Ryan has my devotion, that I, that I belong to her and she is mine and we're in this together. Choose your love. In our text this morning, we are forced to choose our love. Who will we love? Who will we pledge our allegiance to? And every day after we make that choice, we are to love our choice, to be committed to that choice. Before we look at our text, let me remind you of where we have been. We go back to verse 12. We were here two weeks ago. These words are maybe even more encouraging now than they were two weeks ago because John reminds us of who we are in Christ, who we are as children of God. He says there in verse 12, your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Right, he tells us in verse 13, you, you know him who is from the beginning. So we have this fellowship with God the Father. And the last part of verse 14, he says, you have overcome the evil one. Church, be encouraged because even in these days of uncertainty, your sins have been forgiven. You have fellowship with God the Father and you have overcome the evil one. You have overcome the world. And so with that having been said, he now goes into three verses in which he talks about how we are to love the Father and not the world. So S.S. Smalley, in his commentary, uh, gives a, a breakdown of, of kind of what this looks like. And so this is just kind of an overview for you. Um, you think, look at verse 15. He talks about love of the world, the love of the world, right? It comes from the world, verse 16. And verse 17, he says, the world passes away. Now compare that to what he also says. He also says in verse 15, he talks about the love of the Father. Verse 16, he says that love comes from the Father. And in verse 17, he says the one who obeys remains forever. So that's kind of the big picture of what John is saying here. Now let me point out two truths to you from our text. The first one is this. Love for the world and love for the Father are incompatible. Love for the world and love for the Father are incompatible. Look what he says here in verse 15. He says, 
oh, went too far there. Do not love. Do not love. Do not. Right? He's saying, he's not saying love the world, but do not. And then he uses this word love. Do not love. This word in love, this, this phrase in Greek is me agapate. Me agapate. Do not love. This word love is not a feeling, but it's this idea of a commitment. Do not love. Do not be committed to what? He says to the world. That's general. Do not love the world, more specifically, or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. John says, do not love the world. That word for world is cosmon. Now, it's very important for us to ask, what does he mean by this? Do not love the world. What, is, what does he mean? Well, that word world has a wide range of meanings. It means created world or universe. So one translation for that Greek word, world, cosmon, is created world or universe. So when he says do not love the world, is John saying don't love the, the creation, don't love that which God has has created? No. That would contradict what we read in Genesis 1, where God creates the world and says what? It is good. It's good. God would not call us or command us to hate that which is good. Right? He says, do not love. That's a command. Do not love the world. Where he's not talking about the created world or the universe. A second understanding of the word world is the human race. Do not love the world. Does this mean we don't have to love people? Some of you were thinking, hey, good, I've been doing that for a long time, right? No, that's not what he means. He's not talking about humanity. He's not talking about the human race. What do we read in John 3, 16? For God so loved the what? The world. God loved the world. God loved those that he has made. So when John says do not love the world, he's not talking about don't love the human race. So this does not mean in our context the created world, the universe, or the human race. Then what does it mean? Well, the third way that that word is used is a way of life governed by Satan and opposed to God. When John says, do not love the world, he is speaking of this way of life, this world's system that is governed by Satan and is opposed to God. He is speaking of the world of men and women that is in rebellion to God. Right? He could be speaking of the world's values that stands in contrast to God. He could be speaking of a political system that stands in contrast to God. He could be speaking here of educational systems that are often in rebellion to God and who He is. Certainly, this could speak of social life, the way that many people live that is opposed to God. Scripture is clear. The world hates, and the world is opposed to God. So here's what John is teaching us in his letter. John is teaching us that we are to love God, yes and amen. That we are to love our brothers and our sisters and our neighbors, yes and amen. But we are not to love the things of the world that are in opposition to God. Do not love the world. And he continues, Do not love the world or the things in the world. This is important. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So if you love the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. And here's the point. Loving God and loving the world are incompatible. 
You and I cannot love the world that is opposed to God and claim that we have the love of the Father in us or claim that we even have love for the Father. Hear me. You cannot love both God and the world. James 4.4 makes this clear. It says, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? So you have a choice you have to make right now. Choose your love. Choose your love. Will it be love for God the Father? Or will it be love for the things of the world that stand opposed to the Father? Choose your love. And then spend the rest of your life loving that choice. Spend the rest of your life committed to loving the Father and living for Him. So John now gets more specific as to why we cannot love the things of the world. He says, for all, for all that is in the world, all that is in the world. And then he becomes even more specific. The desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and pride of life. Notice, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and pride of life. Basically, we can boil this down to two categories. right? The first category would be a passion for pleasure. A passion for pleasure. He says the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes. That Greek word for desire is found 38 times in the New Testament. 38 times. Only in three places does that Greek word have a positive connotation. 35 of the 38 times that word desire is used has a negative connotation. It's used in the negative sense, speaking of a wrongful desire, a sinful desire. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. John MacArthur writes, The base desire of the human heart perverts and distorts all normal desires. So that which may be a normal or a good desire, our sinful hearts can pervert it very quickly. Now listen, the problem is not pleasure or desire. It's not. God has given us good gifts for us to enjoy them. Good gifts, like taking a walk in, out, out in nature, especially at this time when we're all cooped up inside. Right? That's a good gift. Uh, standing on the sand and overlooking the, the vastness of God's creation, that's a good gift. Uh, hand sanitizer right now, right? that's a good gift. Right? God has given us good gifts. We can be thankful for those things. The problem is not pleasure or desire. The problem is we so often find desire and pleasure in the wrong things. The problem is we take good things and we make them the ultimate things in our life. We take a good gift right now like hand sanitizer and we go buy all of them, right? We hoard them. That becomes a sinful desire as we become only concerned about ourselves and not about others, right? We, we do this often. We take good things, make them the ultimate things. We call that idolatry. Family, a good gift, but if they become ultimate, they become idols, right? We can even think of church. Church is a good gift, but if church becomes your God, right, then it's an idol. Jesus Christ alone is to be worshipped, right? And this is the attitude of the world. They are taking God's good gifts, and they pervert them and distort them. You can take food, a good gift. Food can become your idol, 
And food can become idolatry. So we have this sinful desire to run after the things of the flesh. He also says the desires of the eyes. Our eyes are not sinful in and of themselves. Right? They're gifts from God that enable us to see His beautiful creation, enable us to see His excellent works. But our eyes are often the means by which sinful desires are introduced into our minds. We live in a day of advertising and marketing and billboards and TV commercials. Right? Our eyes see something, and then our hearts begin to long for it. And we become frustrated, and we become dissatisfied when we can't have what we want. We call this covetousness. Somebody has something, and, and I want it, and, and, and I become, right, my eyes become, lead to sinfulness in my heart as I see that, and I begin to want it, and my life becomes empty and void if I don't have what they have. So we have a passion for wrong pleasure, sinful pleasure, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, but we also have here pride of life. Your translation may say pride in possession. So two categories, passion for pleasure and then pride in possessions. One commentary I read said the desires of the flesh and the eyes refers to desires for what we don't have. We don't have it and we covet it. We want it and it becomes our God. Pride of life or pride in possessions speaks to the pride in what we do have. Right? We, we begin to accumulate things, a family, a job, a house, right? material possessions. And, and over time, what happens is there becomes a glorification of our possessions. Our hope is in our possessions. Or it becomes a glorification of self. We glorify ourselves. We glorify what we have accomplished. We put pride in who we are and what we have attained. It's a glorification of self. A glorification of possessions instead of dependence on God. I don't know if there is a more timely text for us in our day than these words in 1 John. Because many of us have put our hope and our life and our identity in our school or in our sporting events or in, a, in security of a job or in our children's activities. And most of that at this moment has been put on pause. In fact, for some of you, you're going to begin to experience financial hardship. Those possessions you have worked so long to uh, hold to, right, you may end up losing, right? You may lose them. So where does our hope go? Our hope is in God, not in those things. Hear me. Anything that is not God can draw your heart away from God. Anything that is not God can draw your heart away from God. And that's what Satan is doing, trying to draw us away from God. So just three points of application before we get into the second point. Uh, application. Number one is we think about do not love the world and, and what that looks like. Number one, be thankful for God's creation. Be thankful for the good gifts that God has provided you. Be thankful for those. Praise God for those good gifts. Number two. Love and seek to evangelize the lost. Love your neighbor. Pray for your neighbor. Your neighbor, maybe more than ever, is receptive to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be ready, be prepared to share the good news with them. Love and seek to evangelize the lost. And number three, 
Reject and resist the ways of the world. Reject and resist the ways of the world. I read a great quote this week. It was simply this. Victory is assured. Your victory and mine is assured, right? John wrote that. We have overcome the evil one. Victory is assured. Resistance is required. We have victory through Jesus Christ. We must choose to love the Father and to resist the things of the world. And that leads us to our second point this morning, and that is simply this. It is foolish to choose the world because it is passing away. It is foolish to choose the world because it is passing away. It is wise to choose the Father because the one who does the will of God abides forever. I'll put that back up on the screen in a moment, but let me show you this in verse 16. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, look at this, is not from the Father. These things don't come from the Father, but they are from the world. Verse 17, and the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Give me just a couple more minutes. Notice that the things of the world come from the world. The things of the Father come from the Father. That which comes from the world, look at this, is leading to death. It's passing away. But that which comes from the Father leads to life. Look at these words. And the world is passing away. It's not future tense, the world will be passing away. It's present tense. The world is presently, currently, at this moment, passing away. And ever since the fall, when, when Adam and Eve disobeyed and the, and the creation was ushered into sin and a curse was pronounced upon it, it has been passing away. The present age in which we live is doomed. The world is headed for destruction. This is just the beginning. Just the beginning of what is to come as the world continues to pass away. Colin Cruz in his commentary writes, There is no future in worldliness. There is no future in living for the things of the world because it's passing away. But notice what John says. And oh, may this encourage our hearts. He says, But the one who does the will of God abides forever. The one who does the will of God will remain Notice the opposite of loving the world is not only loving the Father, but it's also doing His will. Not just saying we love Him, but doing His will, obeying Him. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 2, So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. That however many days we have left, we are to live out those days, not for the human passions, not for the things of the world, but for the will of God. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Now in 1 John, in the context of 1 John, what does doing the will of God involve? It's simple. It involves loving your neighbor, loving your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and it also involves believing in His Son, Jesus Christ. I sat in this sanctuary beginning of the week discouraged discouraged I've never preached to an empty sanctuary before discouraged that that you and I could not gather for worship but as I sat in this sanctuary yesterday and I sat encouraged because God has reminded me 
that this world is passing away. It's being destroyed. My hope is not in the world. I don't have to panic. I don't have to fret. I don't have to be anxious. My hope is in Jesus. And hear me, his church will remain. His people will remain. How? How will we overcome? How can we have confidence? Well, John tells us in 1 John chapter 5, if you'll turn there as we begin to close. 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5 says this. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. How do we overcome? Because we've been born of God. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. What overcomes the world? It's our faith. And here's the key. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Have you trusted in the name of Jesus? Have you confessed your sins, repented of your sins? Have you taken a hold of Jesus? Have you put your faith in Jesus? Then be of great courage, church. Be of great courage, for you and I have overcome the world. That is the most positive message I could give you today. It's yes, the world is passing away, but you and I will remain. Be encouraged. If you have never taken your faith, your hope, and put it in Jesus Christ, then let me encourage you right now to do that. If you are anxious, if you are worried, if you are scared, if you are an extrovert, an extrovert who is frustrated because you can't get out, if you're an introvert who is loving this moment and hope the world never goes back to the way it was, when the world goes back to the way it was, be encouraged. Put your faith in Jesus. Hold fast to Jesus. Yes, the world is passing away, but our God is on the throne. And be encouraged because he is ruling and reigning. I saw a great video yesterday. Maybe you have seen it. It's made its rounds on Twitter and Facebook. It is a familiar face. It is a familiar voice. And as I pondered, how do I end this message how do I give you encouragement and hope? When I watched this video, I thought this is a perfect way to do it. So check out this video and be encouraged, church. Habakkuk said, Lord, please tell me what you're doing. And God said, no, I'm not going to tell you, Habakkuk. Because if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe it. If God today told us what he's doing in the world, we wouldn't believe it. Don't you think God's given up and God's abdicated and God's left the throne? He hasn't. He's still on the throne. And those of us that know him put our trust in him and him alone. I don't put my trust in Washington. I don't put my trust in the United Nations. I don't put my trust in myself. I don't put trust in my money. I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. When all the rest of it fails and crumbles and shatters, he'll be there. He will be there when all else crumbles and fails. Though the world is passing away, Jesus Christ remains and we will remain in him. We want to give you a moment just right there where you are, just to respond to the word of God, respond to how the Lord has spoken to you. Um, maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, maybe right there where you are in your living room, uh, that you'll just cry out, Lord Jesus, save me a sinner.
I'm choosing right now to love you, to put my faith in you. Receive me. Cause me to be born again. Give me eternal life. Maybe you just want to gather with your family and just pray. That we won't waste this opportunity as a church. That we won't waste what God has given us. That we'll cry out to God, asking him for healing, asking him for deliverance. So let's pray. After we pray, just take a few moments right there where you are and just ask the Lord to speak to your heart. Father, Lord, we come surrendered. Tell us to be still. So God, we want to be still. Encourage our hearts to put our faith in you as we once again choose today to love you, to trust in you. Or may we be encouraged. Speak to us, Lord, we pray. Father God, you are the God of the mountains and you are the God of the valleys. God, you were faithful then and you are and you will be faithful now. God, we are living in in unique and different days. None of us, God, know really what to do because we don't have the experience. We've never been through this before. God, my prayer is, oh God, that you're moving in mighty, powerful ways. God, what you said to Habakkuk is true to us. God, that if you told us what you were doing right now, we wouldn't believe you. But we know you're doing something. And Lord, we want to be used by you. So empty, empty me, God, of any sinfulness, the pride of the flesh or the the passions of the flesh, the passions of the eyes, the pride in possessions, anything, Lord, that is keeping me from being fully surrendered. Anything at all, Lord, we, we want to give it to you. We surrender. Father, for that person that maybe cried out to you and gave their life to you, Lord, we pray that they'll share that decision. We'll, we'll give them a, God, in just a moment, a way in which they can do that. Lord, we want want to know. Somebody gave their life to you. We want to rejoice with them. Father, if there's a way that Pastor BJ or myself can be praying for people, 
Father, we want to pray for them. God, we lift up our church. We lift up those who are tuning in today. Now, Lord, as we dialogue your word and discuss your word, Lord, I pray that this would be beneficial to your people. Your word is to be um, discussed. We are to interact with it. It is to transform us. And so, Lord, bless this time, we pray. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What's going on, brother? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Um, well, I thought we would start off with, uh, well, first of all, man, I, I took lots and lots of notes. I don't know. Uh, I've never really done anything quite like this before. There's no way I can get through all of my notes and all the questions I have. But uh, we did have one person text in a question. It's not directly related to the text. But I thought we'd go ahead and try to answer that, right. uh, and and I know you could you could help me with that. The question has to do with giving. Uh, someone just uh, says, "How do we send tithes and offerings?" And then there was a follow up question that says, "Is Zelle okay?" And I'm not sure I know what Zelle is, so. But I'll, I'll pass that off to All you right. to just share how is it that we're receiving our tithes and offerings right, All right now. So, so go, if you go to the website, there's some instructions there, obviously. It's under online help, and I'll answer the Zelle question in a second. Uh, you can do online banking. So if you do banking with online, you can go there, and you can actually have them mail a check to us. You yourself can mail a check uh, to the church. You can drop off a check at the church. We just ask that you... Uh, call in advance just so that we know you're coming. Uh, we did actually have one person a couple of days ago that actually zelled us money. So Kim and I have talked about that. And uh, we're, Zelle is something you can do online uh, where you can actually send money uh, to somebody rather than sending a check. And so we're trying to set that up over these next couple of days. And uh, we'll, we'll send out a video letting you know how that works uh, because that is an option. You can also give online through your credit card, uh, debit card, but when you do that, there is a, a transaction fee right. uh, that, that the church will have to cover. So if you do that option, just give a little bit more. I think it's 3%, and that, that'll cover the fee. So That's right. All right, that's, that's right. good. Good question. Uh, that was the only question I had at this point, but I made a, a few notes. And if we, if we go back to the first verse here where it says, do not love the world or the things of the world, and you did a great job defining what John means by using that word world, uh, because there, there are several different ways that mm -hmm. that word can be used. But in yeah. this text, uh, I, I think your, your definition uh, was a way of life governed by Satan and opposed to God. And so as, as I was thinking through that, I, I just made this statement or, or wrote this statement down that loving the world or the things of the world is simply called idolatry. It is. And yeah. I didn't know how you felt about that statement, um, but the, w the way I see it is if we replace our love and worship for God with anything else, then that's, that, that becomes an idol for us, and that's idolatry. And I, I'm reminded of the book of Romans, Romans 1, 22 through 23. So let's read a couple of those verses, and then maybe we can discuss that a little bit. Uh, 
but Romans 1, 22 and 23, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. And so when I read that, I, I see it's just a substitution that what is everything that is due to God, all worship and honor and praise and glory, if it, even our trust, our faith, we place that in anything other than God, that it becomes an idol for us. And so, for me, that goes right along with what you were saying, yeah, that absolutely. when we do that, that that's, that's incompatible with absolutely. love and worship for God. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, growing up, you hear the word idols, and you read the Old Testament, and we don't have the idols that they have. We don't have statues and stuff like that. Uh, but I always used to think idolatry was taking the bad things and, and making them a God. But for most of us, the idols in our life have become good things that we've just made God things. Um, so, I mean, love of country is a wonderful thing. But if your hope is in the country, right, then that's become a, an idol. And so those things we have to, we just have to be very mindful of, of what is uh, the most important thing in our life. What are we worshiping? So, excellent. Very good point. Well, and now I'm getting a couple of uh, a couple more messages go. in, so this is good. One of them says, "You need to raise the camera; it's cutting your heads off." So I, you know, so I don't know if we if we do that manually or digitally or whatever. <laughs> we don't need to see our heads, do we? <laughs> maybe it's because I have a face for radio. That's right. Uh, but but anyway, so we'll we'll try to adjust that. And if it's if it's too bad, you'll just just close your eyes if, if you there don't want to see me. So um, here's one says. Uh, I have heard it said that there, that the three components of the of of the love of the world mentioned in verse sixteen correspond to three ways Eve was deceived in the garden, and to three ways Jesus overcame Satan in the wilderness. All right, when I'm answering these things on the fly, I've got to have that's that, that's that's a lot to digest there. Uh, do you think this is a valid analogy? So let me go back. Um, I've heard it said that the three components of love of the world mentioned in verse sixteen. So the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride in possessions. That those, three, uh, that, that those three correspond with three ways Eve was deceived in the garden and to the three ways that Jesus overcame Satan in the wilderness. Uh, I would have to go back and, and unpack what, you know, the three ways Eve was deceived because I'm not that familiar with, with, with that just off the top of my head, but the three ways that Jesus was deceived uh, or, or was, was, was tempted in uh, the wilderness. Um, for me right now, to answer that question, I would need to go back and, and read those passages. Uh, so that, that came up a couple times in my commentaries this week. Um, I can't off the top of my head re remember specifically what that looks like uh, in Genesis 3. But what, what the commentary said is, yes, you could maybe make that application, but because John doesn't make that application himself, you can't definitively say these three things refer to. But, but that is a possible point of application that we could make. So, very good observation. Yeah, excellent. Um, all right, I got another one. Um, how do I find out what online events, Bible studies, et cetera, are going on? That's a good question. So, so we're new at this as are you. And so we're, we're trying to communicate the best way that we can. And hopefully this week we'll do a better job of that. We didn't print a bulletin this week. 
uh, wasn't necessary, but I have talked to Kim. We may try to have a half sheet of paper for you that lists some different ways. We'll maybe try to put that online in the next couple of days. The best ways to stay up to date, though, I think are through our Facebook feed. If you're on Realm, and then we send out emails. And I guess if you haven't been getting those emails, probably reach out to the office, I would say, right? Right. Yeah, and, and I would add one more area. Just, just go to our NBCNoonan.org, our, our homepage. Because uh, I know some people are not on Facebook, but we do encourage you to join up with, with Realm. Uh, there are yeah. a lot of things that, that take place. A lot, of, uh, a lot of our meetings are virtual meetings. We've been doing that for a couple of years anyway. And so uh, you can find out a lot on, uh, on Realm, uh, on our Facebook page, our, our website. And then if you're not receiving those emails, then um, you need to reach out to us. Yeah. All right. Wow. You guys, uh, the, the, the texters are coming in. Oh, there we I, go. Yeah, so this, is, this is good. So, can you see our heads now? Uh, somebody says, what was the second point? What was the second point? I'm going to see if I got it, right. uh, I guess, and, and, just, and then you can, you can verify. Um, I, I wrote down, uh, it's, it's foolish to choose the world because it's passing away. And so I had to write it really quickly. It's probably more robust than that, but let's yeah. see, see what you've it got. Is, it is foolish to choose the world because it is passing away, which is pretty much just comes out of verse 17. And it is wise to choose the Father because the one who does the will of God abides forever. Uh, so it's foolish to choose the world because it is passing away. It is wise to choose the Father because the one who does the will of God abides forever. Fantastic. Somebody says, this is not a question, just want to say thank you. The only way we will make it through this is to care for one another. Amen. All right. Fantastic. Amen. And, ooh, one of my youth sent out, says, Y'all are doing an amazing job. I didn't even pay Carter to say that. Man, that's awesome. Thank you. Did you pay thank Micah you. to say that? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. it was Carter to say that. That's right, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Carter. So, um, will you please go back to the third application? Uh, I don't know if that's, I need to use hand sanitizer for a third time or what, but I think the third, the, the third appli application. Yeah, so is it reject and resist the ways of the world? Is that yes, what we're yeah. About? Uh, if that, those be thankful for God's creation was one, love and seek to evangelize the lost, reject and resist the ways of the world. Um, yeah. All right, all right. So, well, you know, I, I'll say this. There's a lot of folks who are just sending in uh, messages of encouragement, and so I, I appreciate that. Uh, it's like yeah. I appreciate the appreciation. Yeah, um, that means a lot, absolutely. Well, let me, let me look at a, a, just a couple other things that I, I had written down. Uh, I was also reminded in this passage of Ecclesiastes, the author of Ecclesiastes. He opens the book by really just saying everything is vanity. So he's tried everything under yeah. the sun. He's tried to satisfy, which is what, what you were saying earlier, he's tried to satisfy his longings in everything, whether it's knowledge, whether it's, it's pleasures, uh, it, adventure, he's, he's tried to satisfy it in everything, and his conclusion is, it's just vanity. Yeah. Everything is vanity. It's just, it's just vain. Um, but then, at the very end of Ecclesiastes, he writes this, the conclusion, when all has been heard, is fear God and keep his commandments, because this applies to every person. Um, and 
I, I don't know, just, I'm just going to throw that out there and then a couple of other places. Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then also in Matthew chapter 6, he talks about that we should not store up for ourselves treasures on earth where moth and, and rust can, can break mm-hmm. them down and, and decay. Sorry, that's the BJV. You can look it up for yourself. But Matthew six nineteen. Uh, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I've always thought that was an interesting yeah. uh, pattern. It says where your treasure is, then your heart will be there. So those things that we treasure, that's where our heart naturally goes that's to. Right. So if we're Absolutely. storing up treasures in the heavens, then our heart will be naturally turned toward that. Um, so let me look and see if we've got some more. And to, to add to that, I think it's important that we, we continue to, to diagnose our heart, that we ask ourselves some of those hard questions. Where are we putting our trust? So, so one question I read uh, yesterday, uh, there was a series of questions, but this one just really hit me. A question to evaluate whether you love the world or the Father. It says this, upon which do you get more joy? Spending money for personal comforts and luxuries or spending money to further the gospel? Like, do we find more joy in, in buying things for ourselves? Or do we find more joy in giving so that the gospel can be furthered? Um, we we got we to know what the heart, because out of the heart comes all these things. So, Wow. Yeah. yeah that's a, they just got heavy on you. But, that's uh, right. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that, well, I've heard somebody say one time that you can tell a lot about a Christian by... The good book, the hymn book, and the checkbook. And the checkbook. And so yeah. we might have to update that yeah. now because we don't know how many people carry checkbooks. And yeah. We don't always sing from the hymnal, but, but yeah, that's absolutely right. I was also reminded of a, a quote by C.S. Lewis, um, and I'm going to see if I, can, if I can find it and get it, get it right here. Um, and when, especially when you were talking about our desires, and mm-hmm. so often the word desires in, in the Bible is used in the negative yeah. context. Um, C.S. Lewis says, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. So this is just a different way of thinking about it. But, but he says, We are half-hearted creatures fooling about, and then he lists all kinds of things that we fool around with. Um, and it's like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Mm. Now, you'll have to remember he's British, and so a holiday for him is a vacation for us. But, uh, you know, so I think the essence of this is we try to satisfy our desires in these things of the world, yeah. and they never ultimately satisfy us. We find our satisfaction in God alone. Absolutely. And that is truly where we can find Absolutely. satisfaction. One of, this is one thing I wanted to, to make sure I shared, one of the positive ways in which that word desire is used in Philippians 1.23, and you're familiar with this verse, but Paul says, I am hard-pressed between the two, talking about whether to live in Christ or to die and be with Christ. He said, I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Uh, that was his desire. The longing of his heart, man, is to be with Jesus. And I don't know about you, but that's the desire of my heart. Come, Lord Jesus. And I want that desire to uh, be much greater than anything else. So, Well, yeah, and it flows right into what you were talking about, doing God's will. Jesus himself in the Lord's yeah. Prayer even says, Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done. Yes, you absolutely. Know, bring, let, let the kingdom come and let us do the will of the Father. It's, yeah. in, it's in heaven. And as we do that, I believe we help usher in yeah. the kingdom. Absolutely. So, all right, we got some more questions coming right. in. Um, is the phrase love of the Father in verse 15 a love towards the Father or a love received from the Father or both? And I think you tackled something very similar a couple of weeks ago. There the you sermon. go. I did. I was listening. Yes, See, there, sir. I'm a good associate there we pastor. Go. I was listening. Um, now if I can just remember where that was. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's actually in 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. Uh, it says, but whoever keeps his word in him truly the love of God. So is that our love for God or is that God's love for us? Uh, it can be both. And I think the same can be said um, here in verse 15, that it could be the love of the Father, the love the Father has for us is in us, but it could also be the love that we have for the Father. Uh, so the love we have for the Father is not in him. Uh, the bottom line is, and John is clear on this, right? There can't be both light and darkness. There can't be love and hate. There can't be a love for the world and a love for the Father um, in us at the same time. So that's, that's a good observation. All right. Well, thank you for that. There's, I don't have, well, I made lots more notes, but we don't have time to really cover all of those things today. And uh, I do have just a couple of more uh, messages from our, our folks who are texting in, and so I want to try to address those. Um, let's see here. Somebody asked, "How can we, how can we help the singers in our church?" Uh, do you want to address that? Or? You address what you're what you're talking about doing. One of the things that you and I are going to do, um, and then any other thoughts that, that you have there? Yeah. So we've. Come up with the deacon family ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we've asked our, our deacons for some help on this, and just we don't always know what the needs are, and, and we can't help meet those needs unless we know what they are. So we've asked our, our deacons to just reach out to you and, and our church family to, to know who you are, yeah. and then just to report back to us what they find. There, look, there, there are many of you that are doing you're you're doing fine. Everything is 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 everything's going well. But there are several, and, and specifically, whoever, I, I don't have your name on this, this line, but it says, um, you know, you asked about seniors. Well, we want to make sure that we reach out to our seniors. We know this is a difficult time, mm -hmm. especially that, that it's been said that the virus right now is, you're very susceptible if, if you're older, uh, you know, over a certain age. And so we want to try to reach out to you. We uh, tried to communicate that if anybody needs help yes. with... Um, picking up some groceries, we, we can be your drop-off service for you. There will be somebody in the church that can be your Instacart. If, if you don't know what that is, just know it's like a delivery driver. Yeah. Uh, we, can, we can go and, and pick up your groceries and drop them off or go get prescriptions for you, drop them off at the door. Uh, we'll use gloves and so we don't even have to touch yeah. the bag. We'll sit it there at the door and, and uh, you know pray through the door if that's okay or whatever, but we want to be able to reach out to you. Those are just a couple of ways that, that yeah. we want to try to help our seniors uh, do you have anything else? I would just add to that, um, just communicate with us as much as possible. Look, we're only one week in. Uh, we don't know how long this is going to last. Uh, so maybe you still have plenty of toilet paper. Maybe you're good to go. Maybe your job is still secure at this moment. But as we go forward, as needs arise, um, you know, Pastor BJ and I are going to do our best 
to try to, to reach out to our seniors at least once or twice a week and, and try to stay in contact with them. Uh, and, but we want to help you, but we got to know what those needs are. Um, and so probably the best way to do that is to communicate with your, uh, your deacon, and that deacon can relay that to us, or you can communicate directly with us. So I mean, this is new for all of us. Um, and we're going to learn a lot as we go forward, and we just love you and want to be there for you. So That's right. Well, good deal. Uh, yeah, last, last note that I had personally is just a word of encouragement. Uh, from the book of John, from the John's Gospel, but Jesus, at the end of chapter 16, says, Take heart, for I have overcome the Amen. world. And uh, you know, the world's passing away, but we place our faith and trust in the one that's overcome the world. Um, so Amen. I really appreciate that. All right. I don't know if we have anything else other than I, I've just got a couple of announcements. Yeah. Here. Any other final words you um, want to share? Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to share some lyrics and then a closing scripture, but I'll do that when you get done with your announcements. So. Okay. So one, we first of all had a, a prayer request that, came in, simply says this, please pray for those living in senior communities mm. who are especially isolated at this time. Yeah. And we understand that we have several in, in our church family who are in that situation. And so we, we really do want to pray for you. Um, and uh, I, I don't want you to think that, you know, you, you may be sitting out there thinking, I know prayer works. But for the one that may be a little bit skeptical, I just want to tell you, Prayer really does, does. work. Amen. Uh, there, is, there is something magnificent that takes place when God's people pray. Yeah. And so we will be praying. We'll also try to, as best we can, meet those physical needs. Um, all right, another, another uh, announcement um, is to let people know if you have Roku, if you have Roku or Roku TV, uh, that, that you can watch these episodes, I say episodes, <laughs> sermons, we, discussions, whatever, whatever this is. <laughs> We're figuring it out as we now. go. Uh, that, that you can, by the way, they didn't use the word episode. That was just my word. So, uh, but there's instructions on the website of how you can watch that right on your TV. Yeah. So if, if you're having to use a phone and it's a little difficult to see, you can, you can put that on your TV. Um, for Sunday school, for especially for our children in preschool, I, I realized something a little late. You know, so I sent out that those instructions on Thursday about what we were doing for Sunday school, and and I realized that I was putting all the pressure on parents to download and print the activity sheets. And so what I just want to jump out and say is that won't necessarily be the case next week. I will go ahead and print several of those copies and have them in the church office. If, if you need those and you can come by, you can swing by and, and pick those up. Uh, again, if you're coming by the church, just give us a quick phone call to make sure somebody's here. We're trying to make sure that somebody is at the office this week. But I want to have that available to you so you're not printing. And if you're like at my house and, and you got to print off all, the, all mm -hmm. these sheets, uh, ink can get really expensive. Yeah. So we want to take care of that for you. And the other thing is make sure, particularly youth, that you are subscribed or you know how to access NBC Noonan YouTube page. That's where I'm going to be putting a lot of material for Sunday school, Bible study, etc. for you is on YouTube. It do, we don't get to interact that way, but, but you can you, uh, see it and comment on it. 
so those are those are my announcements. I think some other things came in uh, while I was sharing that. So let me just let me just see. Uh, another person asked, uh, "What are ways that we can help others?" Uh, and so I know just for instance, this this past week, Northgate High School uh, had some extra food left over from their backpack buddies, and so they brought it to us. And we reached out to our upward families and let, a, let some people know around here. We had, I think, one family that came by and, and was able to get some food. But Wonderful. I knew, I didn't want that food to just sit there when I know there's people who are, are coming. So I just, just, just made a decision. I, I saw another church in our community that put on Facebook that they were looking for food because they had a lot of families nice. that were struggling. Yeah, so good. I contacted that pastor, and we took the food down there, and they were so, I mean, awesome. just so overjoyed. Praise the Lord. And I, look, I don't care what church distributes it. I just, I just yeah. want people to know that the people of God, yeah. and uh, you know, care about you, and and Jesus gets that recognition. Um, but ways that that we can help people, just be an encouragement. Call your Sunday school classmates. Check up mm -hmm. on people. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier, Mark Runyon's is posting a devotion. That, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, just get get the word out, and and then if you know of a need, whether it's your, you personally or you know someone that, could, that, that, that has a need, let us know and we will do our best to try yeah. to, fill, you know, to, to fulfill that need. Yeah, yeah. So. Let me just encourage you as we kind of wrap up our time here. Number one is stay connected. Uh, stay connected. We, thank goodness we're doing this now and not 20, 30 years ago when it would have been almost impossible to stay connected. Uh, so stay connected the best you can. As we go forward, more needs will arise, uh, and we'll have more opportunities to try to step in and meet those needs. Let me also encourage you, in moments like this, man, fill your mind uh, with things that are going to be beneficial and edifying. And I think of two things right now that have just been so encouraging to me these last two days. Number one is music. Uh, music. There are some unbelievable songs out there, uh, contemporary songs, praise songs, hymns. Just fill your heart and mind with those. Uh, I was listening to a song this morning, uh, jamming out on, on the way here. Um, and it's a new song, and here, here are the lyrics, and they're so, so appropriate to today. Were, were you drumming the, wheel, the, the steering wheel? I was, <laughs> I was doing a little bit, a little bit of this. There's a drum part in there. So. Um, but it says, I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. And then you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Um, maybe you've been searching, and, and everything that you thought you were putting your hope in is now gone. Uh, man, Jesus can come along and put you back together, and he'll satisfy every desire. So fill your heart and your mind with, with music, um, but also certainly fill your mind with the Word of God. And so I want to uh, end our time with just a scripture. Um, I went to camp uh, last summer with our students down in Florida, and the last night, the, the counselors came out on the stage and said, we just want to read scripture over you as a benediction. Typically, we think of a benediction, we're going to close out in prayer. Uh, but it was a benediction. And they had us do something that at first I thought was odd, but I found it powerful. They just had us stand there in that moment and put our hands out as if we were literally receiving 
this benediction as if we were literally receiving the Word of God into our life. So maybe uh, right now where you are there in your living room, you just want to put your hands up. Um, and as I close with this Word of God, just let this benediction uh, just, just speak truth into your life uh, as you go about your week this week. It comes from 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14, the very last verse in, in 2 Corinthians. And so this is, this is our prayer for you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We love you. We're praying for you. Pray that you have a great week. Thank you.